And I've been thinking an awful lot about that, that song ever since I uh, picked it up at the bookstore. That little phrase, He is all you need. We're just going to have a few brief thoughts here. If you can bear with us, we'll have a break and then we'll have a movie. And we'll probably be done early today. We've got a few announcements, things we need to cover. But we just want to take a few moments to reflect on the words of this song and what they mean personally in our life. So we could just bow our head and, and commit this time to the Lord and, and ask Him to really have our heart and our mind and our affection and our attention. Lord, we thank You that You are all we need. In those desperate times, Lord, in those times of joy, in those times of sorrow, in those times when we feel so alone, in those times when we feel so confused, in those times, Lord, when our soul's bruised and, and we're struggling and thrashing in the water of life, how we thank you, Lord, that you're dependable and that your faithfulness is great and that with an everlasting love, you love us and there is no desertion with God. Lord, pray that you would captivate our hearts with yourself during this time. As I believe you've already got our attention, we want to be wrapped up with you, Lord. We want the things of earth right now to be not only dim, but to be totally non-existent. As we reflect on our great God and as we reflect on something you want to say to us, I pray, God, we'd have the ability right now to pretend that it is not me here, but it's God Himself, and He has a few things He wants to share with us. Which is really true, Lord. Your Spirit is here, and it's Your Word, and I'm simply a straw, a mouthpiece. You want to talk. We want to listen. In Jesus' name, Amen. Have you ever felt deserted or abandoned, misunderstood, lonely, wounded, or despised, let down? I think these are common emotions that we feel from, from time to time in our lives. Some of us, some of these emotions are stronger than others. Some of them are, are just overwhelming emotions in our life. I was visiting with someone today over lunch and we were talking about a young man that we both know and uh, not here in the church but someone we just knew and just a young boy really. And um, I had met him a while back and was commenting to this friend about him and some things we were praying for about him. And, and um, here's this young man who really he doesn't know his father was born when his mother was very, very young. And, and every time I see this young man I can tell that you know, emotionally, he's just battered. He's just uh, really has no self-esteem at all. He came up to me after Brent's message, and he happened to be here uh, oh a few weeks ago about the Lee Harvey Oswald story. And he came up to me and he said, "Boy, Mark, wasn't that a good story?" And I thought. Probably the only one reason he thinks that's a good story. It's because probably related to him. Probably related to right where he is in his life or how he feels anyway. 
And I was have talked with a number of you over the last couple of weeks and visited with you on the phone and and know your struggles and the things you go through and and uh, going through the similar struggles myself and having been through similar struggles, I thought it would be very relevant today to talk about this subject that God is all we need. I think what often happens in our lives as human beings, we play off of one another emotionally. We we play off each other. And what I mean, for example, let's say something good really happened during your day. And you're really excited to go home and share it with your mate or with your roommate. You come home and and you're really elated about it. You've been thinking about it all day. It, It happened to you. You were actually involved. You share it with them in that excited tone of yours and and they just kind of look at you and go, yeah, well, that's great. Or, yeah, well, that's good. Or or maybe it's it's a mate, a partner for life and, and you could be a wife in this situation. And she's been waiting now for a week for her husband to share something with her from the Word every every day, just expecting, expecting him, expecting to share something. And he doesn't share anything. He doesn't share anything. He doesn't say anything. Finally, she says, Honey, why aren't you washing me with the Word? Why aren't you encouraging me in the Word? I need you to encourage me in the Word. And, then, and, and as a result, as a result, the husband he usually will just decide, you know, uh, this, this sure doesn't motivate me. And so, just the opposite happens. In the roommate situation, what happens is the person who is expecting this other person to get all excited about them, all of a sudden, they take it as a knife through the heart and it's just like all the, all the excitement and joy is totally gone and they're bummed. Bummed out because no one shared their joy. And uh, I don't want to talk today about sharing one another's joy. I don't want to talk about your responsibility today, what I want to talk about is what God does with you and how He interacts with you and I. There's a verse in Proverbs that says there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And this week as I was thinking about that verse, I thought, you know, there's a friend who sticks closer than a spiritual brother. I never thought of it that way before. I always just thought of brother. And I thought, yep, God, you sure stuck closer to me than my brother's. I have three of them in Texas, one in Michigan, and a sister in Germany. And we hardly ever talk. Then I thought about my spiritual brothers and sisters in Christ. And and I began to reflect on some of the expectations that I put on people without even realizing it. The way I realize is I'll go home from a certain situation or or after a certain conversation and, and just feel like my joy was robbed. And I'll think to myself, you know, what, what, what's wrong? I mean, it wasn't that bad of a time. And then I'll begin to isolate and think, well, yeah, I guess I was kind of expecting that, that they'd really get hyped with me on this thing. They'd, they'd really share this with me. And, and I began to realize, as I was working on this song and going over and over in my basement, that um, God really wants to teach me and teach you and I that He really is all we need. We say that so smugly, oh, He's all you need. But so seldom do we experience it. Visiting with a friend the other evening on the phone and 
we were talking about this very subject and I was sharing with them some of these thoughts and trying to give them some encouragement for their own life. And I said, you know, isn't it easy uh, to treat God like a loan officer in the bank? You know, so what do you mean? Well, you know, we go to God, we got our list and we got our prayers. Oh God, please do this. And oh Lord, if you could really, you know, provide this school money, that'd be great. And oh God, really, if you could just come through with a job and Oh God, if you could really just this. And, and none, of, none of that's wrong because the Bible says that. And, and, but what so often happens is after we're done with that, that's the end of our prayer, right? So prayer ends. And, and also prayer was a real bummer. It was a drag. It just seemed so hard to get through that uh, 30 requests that we had. Then, not five minutes later, we'll pick up the phone, call a friend, and spend two hours in communication. Anybody ever done that before? I'm, I'm sure you have. It's no sweat. Do you know, we're so used to depending on each other that we really seldom realize how little we rely on God. But I think probably the reason is we don't understand that God is so reliable. He's reliable. He's trustworthy. I was thinking about this today. A friend. I got a friend who sticks closer to me than a brother who shares all of my joys, who shares all of my sorrow, who shares all of my dreams, who shares all of my ideas. I can talk to him, I can communicate to him about anything, and he's always got time for me. He's always got time for you. Brent shared a verse this morning that I was going to share this afternoon in Romans chapter 10. It says those who hope in the Lord won't ever be disappointed. Won't ever be disappointed. I like the word let down. You know, that's what sometimes happens in relationships, don't we? We get set up and there's a let down. There's a let down. And it's, and it's just kind of frustrating. Kind of drag, you know, we just kind of drag our chin on the ground trying to get back up there. And I am... Um, was struck by a verse of Psalm 62 that I would like to read to you about the psalmist David. Psalm 62 and verse 1 says, My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress and I will never be shaken. I was just found a lot of comfort in this this last past week. Some things have happened that they were difficult things for me. They were, they were difficult. They were stressful. And um, God really impressed this verse in my heart. Mark, Mark. And that still small voice, Mark. Hey, listen to me. You remember that song? I am all you need. You don't need anybody else. You need me. You, I want to hear what's going on with you. Son, what's going on? Tell me. Tell me. Sometimes I really do think we need a lesson in prayer. A lesson in heavenly communication. I talk to God just like I talk to you on the phone. Well, not always. <laughs> sometimes I get a little more excited. And sometimes I get a little angrier. And sometimes I get a lot more honest. And I just interact with the Lord. 
And I tell the Lord what's going on. And you know I have learned in this past week, in an, even in a deeper way, that God is everything you and I need. And so often in our lives, uh, for wives, we think we need our husbands. Husbands, we think we need our wives. Brothers and sisters, we think we need one another. But for the wrong reasons. We do need one another. We're a team. We're a body. But there's not one person in this room sitting next to you who can fulfill the real needs of your life. Not one. Not one. God is always reliable. God is always there. God is always meeting the need of our heart. All the time. All the time. And I think oftentimes we, we, we don't realize what we really have. We don't experience what we, who we really have in our life. Some of you, I know you've told me this. So I just repeat what some have told me this. So, well, Mark, I wish I could take you to my class. Now, I wish you could come with me through my day. Why do you wish that? Well, I know why you wish that. Because you love me. We're friends. And because you, you have respect there. And I, that's fine. But as someone better than me who goes with you every day, who's with you all the time, to comfort you, to touch your heart, to speak, to bolster your confidence, to listen to the real things that are going on in your life, to interact with you. You know, that's really what the Bible was meant to be, is soul interaction. Oftentimes, I'll go in my time with the Lord and I'll just flip. I just flip through the songs and I'll talk to God for a while. Share with Him what's going on. And then, you know, it's a funny thing. Sometimes I have a really good memory. There's other times I have a terrible memory. And sometimes I think when I've gone to the Lord, God has purposely robbed me of my memory. And here's what I mean. I mean, sometimes I'll go, and I'll think I know where I need to go in the Word to be encouraged, and I forget where the passage is. I can't remember. Lo and behold, I'll be flipping along, maybe over some familiar ground, and another verse will strike me and God will speak to me freshly through His Word. Happened this week with Psalm 62. Verse 5. Find rest, my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. And isn't that our experience? So I'm more shaken. We get shook up. I get shook up. Things shake us. But particularly relationships shake us. They don't have to shake us. They don't have to shake us. Now we learn to go to the Lord and learn that God is the one who's always there to comfort, encourage, and bolster us with His Word. I know I've thought about this in my relationship with my wife. How thankful I have been when I think about the verse that says uh, riches and inheritance come from fathers but an, a prudent wife comes from the Lord I thought how thankful I am that I married a woman who knows how to go to God because if she didn't I'd be in trouble we'd be in trouble and I'm so encouraged by the faithfulness of my wife I think she's realized this though the hard way sad to say that there's times this guy's been a letdown this guy's let down and God has used that in a way to show my wife, you know, Kathy, I'm what you need, not Mark. I'm what you need. I'm the lover of your heart. I'm the lover of your soul. You need me. You need my words, not his. And we'll find that, you know, as Brent was talking this morning, and I would never want to take a thing away from what he said, my goodness, 
Absolutely, we need to praise and consider how to stimulate one another to good deeds. But you need to be considering how to stimulate others, not considering how they could stimulate you. And God is right there all the time to talk with us, to speak to our heart, to take His Word and and bolster our heart. And, And I think as we understand that, we'll find real comfort and real peace in our life. We'll find a stability in our life and a growingness in our relationship with God like never before. I've shared this before, but Paul said, Peter said it's no, no trouble for me to say the same thing again. And so it's no trouble for me because I feel like God's showing it to me. God wants to pass it on. I think it's something God wants to teach us in. The people you're usually the closest with are those you have shared your greatest struggles with. And I know that I can attest to that because many of you in this room I'm very close to. Why? Because we've shared common struggles. Because you've shared what's going on in your life. God has used that as an opportunity to encourage you. It's bound us together. Oftentimes we wonder though with God, why don't I feel close to God? I just don't feel close to Him. Because He's just a loan officer, that's why. And other people are more God to you sometimes than God is to you. But I just want to, to refresh you with these truths that God Himself is the one who you can go to for refuge. I'll never forget when Brent was sharing that passage that God is a refuge to us and what it means to be a refuge. It, it's a hiding place. It's a place you can go to when you're stressed and be just like you really are. See? See, I can't do that to my family. I can't go be like I really am to my family. It's too discouraging. You know what I'm saying? It's too carnal. Don't you understand that? It's too carnal. I can I go to God like that. I go to God like that. I go out in my garage and talk to God. I go to the woods and talk to God. Out of hearing distance, but only to His ears. And I communicate with God. And I talk with Him exactly what's going on in my heart. And if it's crummy, I talk to Him about it. Let Him begin to work it through and deal with it. Whatever it is. And this has helped me so much because, you know, I began to, to think uh, this last couple of weeks that in the ministry, two things are really possible in the ministry. One is to become totally ensnared by the opinions of others because you're so concerned to please everybody, you know, and you really care what they think. And the other one is to be on a real ego trip. Those are the two things that really hit me this last week. And I, and I thought, you know, God, I need to remember that You really are all I need. You're all the bolstering I need. You're all the encouragement I need. It's all right in your word. If God is for me, who can be against me? So why do I need my neighbor to tell me they're for me? Of course it encourages me. I I want to underscore that everything Brent said. I I don't mean that as a contrary or, or a paradox. But I'm just saying in your personal relationship with the Lord, He's everything. He's everything you need. And He's everything, as He is everything to you, you'll begin to be able to be a real encouragement to those around you and a real stimulus to those around you. You won't have to worry about, am I or am I not an encouragement? Oftentimes, we worry far too much about growing. I think we should worry a lot less about growing and a lot more about knowing. And that is knowing the Lord. Knowing Him. So let us press on, let us press on to know the Lord. When was the last time He came to you personally like a fresh rain? Watering your life. When was the last time you felt, you experienced the freshness of God in your life? Maybe it was today as we broke bread. 
But I, but I believe God wants to do that daily in our lives. He wants to cook a fresh Christian every day. He wants stale loaves of Christians. You know, He wants to bake you up fresh. He wants to invigorate your soul. I think about David. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. and He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a feasting table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. That's the experience that God wants to bring in our lives. And that's the experience God can bring in your life. I want you to understand that. God is ready, God is willing daily to do that in your life. It's just a matter of learning, number one, to, to let God be the priority person of your life. You're the priority person in His life. Did you know that? You're priority number one with Him. Number one, and every day He counts His sheep. And he knows them by name. And He knows the hairs that came out in the comb this morning. He knows the teeth that got filled. You know, he knows the broken bones. He knows the bruised soul. He knows the bruised heart. And He feels it more, infinitely more, than any friend you have, than any human friend. I've cried with people. I've rejoiced with people. But I want to tell you, I can't even come close to the elation of God or the sorrow of God or the compassion that He gives to you when you go to Him. Psalm 57, David says, Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy on me, for in you my soul takes refuge. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. I think about little chickens, little baby chicks or little ducks, you know. They go over to their mama and something big and scary comes along and they run over into their mama's tummy and they hide and then they peek around the leg or stick their little head out looking to make sure disaster is gone. That's really a beautiful picture here, a very touching picture of what it means to go to God. And learn to go to Him. And I, my desire for you and Brent's desire, I guess our number one desire, more than any other desire we have, is that you really know the Lord. That you really experience Him daily in your life. That today, this evening, tomorrow, you know and you experience the freshness of God in your life. And, and many of you, I know, I'm not thinking ill of you. I want you to know that. I just know the common struggles that we all have. And I know that it's easy sometimes to go... Geez, the Christian life is kind of a bummer. Boy, the Christian life really does kind of get stale after a while. And I just want to bring us back to point one, point two, point three, point five. It's point everything. And that is Christ Himself, God Himself. Learning to take and make time to communicate with Him. You cannot make a marriage work unless you communicate. My wife and I have learned this and are learning it. I don't know, there's just something about Chi-Chi's. You know, Chi-Chi's has become our restaurant. We, we go, we're not too far from it, and, and we go into the smoking section on purpose because the lights are low. You'll really be amazed. You go to Chi-Chi's in 494, and the lights in the non-smoking area are real bright, and all the little kids are over there making lots of noise. Well, I, that's why we went out, see, to get alone. So we go to the smoking section, the certain table we ask them for, and we sit down and we, we have the heat it for two. And then we have our chips and we order cheese and we sit and boy do we communicate. That's the best place we communicate. 
is right there at that table. And we talk and we interact. And we have to do that regularly. We have to take that time regularly because life goes by so fast and so furious and so many things are going on. You know, I'll be honest with you, my wife doesn't know three-fourths of the things that go on with me. I don't have the time to tell her. I come, I'm on the phone with many of you sometimes for four or five hours straight. I can't repeat every conversation. Well, my wife trusts me. But there's highlight things and we go out and we communicate. We talk and then there's things just together with each other we have to communicate, talk about. That makes us close. It's the same thing with God. Make time to communicate with Him. Make time to talk to Him and then make time to let Him talk to you. See? And if you begin to look at God like that and the Bible like that, I guarantee you your time with Him will change. Your whole outlook will change. You know, it's just so refreshing. So refreshing to get up every day. I read some of these guys, these, these old, these, these journals, see, like David Brainerd. I gotta admit, I don't understand the guy. I, I don't, I didn't finish the book. It was too depressing. It was really depressing. I don't know what kind of relationship they had with God. That's not what I want and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a relationship that's refreshing, that's invigorating. And, and these guys were certainly honest with God, but it seemed like oftentimes all they dwelt on was all the crud and all the crud and all the crud. And, and, and then it was duty. And so, and so often you look at their life, some of them, not all of them, it was just duty. And, and praise God. I mean, what sacrifice. But, but living for Christ is a joy, not a drag. Living for Christ is a great privilege and, and a great opportunity and it's, a, and it's a journey and it's an adventure. And certainly there are struggles along the way. But I think our greatest struggle is in this today what we're talking about. Is that God is everything you need. He's all you need. When you come home, so the next time you come home and you're going to tell a friend something really exciting and they just kind of go, yeah, well that's neat. Don't let it affect your joy. Because God's still sharing His joy with you. He's still excited about it. Or the next time you go up to someone, you're sharing some deep problem, and they seem to be so insensitive. Please remember, God isn't. God is very sensitive. God is very compassionate. And God takes the time to listen, to hear if you'll take the time to tell. And He'll share it. And then remember that God's Word is the comfort of our soul. One last verse in 2 Corinthians, then I'm finished. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 8, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardship we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and He will deliver us on Him we have set our hope, that He will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. You know, one of the reasons Paul could praise people, one of the reasons Paul was such an unbelievable guy, was because the pressure that he was under, he realized it was for this exclusive reason. Not that he might not bang on the saints more and say, why in God's name aren't you praying more? How come more of you haven't come visit me in prison? You know, it gets pretty lonely here. I mean, you know, I could use some visitors like, you know, I mean, I'm here because of you. You know, so let's see a little love. He, he, never, he never does that. But he says to them, he says, that this happened to me because uh, 
I'm still relying on other things besides God. And God wants me to learn to rely on Him alone. And I see that in my own life. Pressures that God brings to bear, whether they be financial, whether they be relational, whether they be circumstantial, that they come into my life to really take me deeper in my love relationship with God and learn to rely just on Him. Just on Him. And get my encouragement, my joy, just from Him. Everything else is gravy, but the cake in the main dish is Him. If there's any more, praise God, it's icing. Just the extra jar of icing. But God alone is enough icing. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You so much that You are everything we need in our life. That you're the comfort of our soul. And you're the comfort of our heart. And I just thank you, God, that you're a, a blessed Redeemer. That you're a personal God. And I know, Lord, for my brothers and sisters here today, if, if we were each honest, really honest, probably we'd say that our relationship with you is lacking. And there's something we just don't know what it is. And we'd probably, most of us say that our, our probably our encouragement many times just depends on the people around us. Whether our employer treats us nice, whether our fellow employees treat us with respect, whether we get a raise, whether our wife's nice to us, whether the kids are nice to us, whether the Christians love us. And I just want to tell you, Lord, I thank you that our joy doesn't have to depend on that at all. And that our relationship with you is enough. I mean, if we were... I've often thought, Lord, I've often thought what it would be like. I've seen these commercials about this guy trapped on a desert island. What kind of pop would he want? What kind of chewing gum would he want? Lord, I'd want you. I'd want you because you're all we need. We don't need any more. You're the companion that never leaves, never gets disgusted, irritable, disappointed, frustrated, let down. You never get analytical. You're always for us. You always accept us. You're always elated. You always share our joy. You share our dreams. You share our desires. What I'll tell you, Lord, it is so neat to have you for a friend. It is so neat to have you for our God. And my, I guess my desire today, O oh Lord, is that each brother or sister here would know that, experience that in their life to a more fuller greater degree as well Lord as myself I need to grow in this immensely in Jesus name Amen